one. On a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour two of the program. Vanny Sartini is going to join us in just a moment here to kick off hour two. Are we working on it still? Sorry? Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't answered his okay. phone yet. We're working on it. Uh, hour two of this program is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. It is Ask Us Anything Friday. Sure is. So why don't we, while we're waiting for Vanny... To either wake up or pick up his phone, do some Ask Us Anythings. Vanny, if you're uh, listening, pick yeah. up your phone. Uh, if you have an Ask Us Anything, you can literally ask us anything. It can be for us. It can be for Moj, who's coming up soon. It can even be for, if you dare, Rick Dollywell, who's coming up at 8 o'clock. Wouldn't recommend it. Uh, Justin in East Van, Ask Us Anything. Would you rather be able to speak any language or play any instrument. We've done this one before. It's always a good conversation. Music is the universal language. Oh, for sure. Be play any instrument. No, Especially be, if you can I, play. See, the answer is speak any language. Music is the universal language. Yeah, you made oh. that crack already. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it landed. It was good the first time. Then you kind of went overboard. But but being able to play any instrument. Yeah. Can you imagine being able to like walk into a party and like, oh, is that piano being used over there? <laughs> is that a harp? Well, let me just get that in here. <laughs> Right? The ability to pick up any random instrument and, and impress people would be pretty good. You could probably win it like America's Got Talent. So did I just put all the instruments on the floor? Did I just convince you then? No, because um, while that would be cool, I feel like real world situations would be far more advantageous to speak every single language. They have Google Translate. Yeah. Don't eat it. It doesn't matter. Everyone Google speaks English translate. anyway. Yeah, but Halford, if aliens land, if you've seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which you, I'm you sure you them. haven't, you, yeah, can speak yeah. them. you would need to use music or math to speak to Why? the... Why? Yeah. Because it's, it's a universal language. There we go. They would it's a universal language. They have words. Yeah, but you don't the know The aliens have are. words, but you would because you speak every language. Every human language, you wouldn't speak well, every alien language. To be fair, it doesn't say any human language. You'd be able to speak to... I'm assuming you could speak to pets. On See, their level. I didn't know that was that part changes of like, it. That would yeah. change things Every for language. Sure. Is dog a language? Sure is. You yeah. speak it. Uh, Marcus and Gibsons, uh, if you can combine two Canucks players to make a super player, who would you pick? Connor Garland stacked on top of Tyler Myers. In like a giant trench coat. I don't think. I don't <laughs> on the think, ice. They do that to sneak Connor into like the, that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then I retract my statement. Are they trying to sneak Connor Garland into a concert? Why would they do that? Well, it's interesting because the two best players are Pedersen and Hughes, but I feel like there might be a better combination there. Like I, I, I'd like to give, I'd like to give my super player a little bit more size. Yeah, you a little can, bit more size. Tyler and strength. Myers is a good answer because he's gargantuan. He's the biggest, most physical specimen right, yeah, on the yeah. team. And then Ty- you, Tyler Myers with either Connor Garland skill. No, no, Tyler Quinn Myers is. with with Petey, I think. Quinn Hughes though, because let's Paige Thompson. Let's do all defense here. Well, I, I want to create a super. I want to create a six foot eight forward that plays like Petey, Tate Thompson, Thatcher Demko, and Elias Patterson. I don't even know what you're doing right now. <laughs> Do you have any idea what this question is about? You're just mashing together all the wrong prototypes here. You'd be you're like, Sho- you'd be like Shohei Otani. He could be a goalie one game and then 
for the next game. Oh, now you're thinking. Yeah, no, actually, that's a good answer. Yeah. I changed my mind. Okay. That's a good answer. So, I don't think Vanny's coming. He's probably tired. If They've it, been away from home for 41 days. We got Vanny? We're working on it. Okay. And he gets really excited when the phone starts ringing. He's like a cat. <laughs> it's very it's very adorable. Well, it went from not even ringing to ringing, so it was a step up. Uh, here's the thing. As we set this up, I do want to ask Vanny about being away from home for 41 days. They haven't played a game at BC Place in 41 days, which is a, a stunning... But they got to come home. Yeah, but they didn't play at BC Place for 41 days. Yeah. that You know what most leagues call that is the off-season. Mm-hmm. 41 no, days, no, no. right? Like, that's a long time to go between games. And this comes in a week. I laughed about Wednesday because all there was a bunch of MLS teams playing, and they were all seemingly in different competitions. Right. Like, yeah, LAFC yeah. was in the Campeones Cup. Yeah. And Inter-Miami minus Lionel Messi was in the U.S. Open Cup. And yeah, Houston was somehow in the Carabao Cup. Right. I think a couple of them were in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's really hard to keep track of. Joining us now, Whitecaps manager Vanny Sartini here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Vanny. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, we, can we How's try- our connection here? Uh, can you hear me now? Ah, perfect. Okay, we've got you now. Uh, first, we wanted to say welcome home. I know you guys had brief stops in Vancouver during this 41-day <laughs> stretch between games at BC Place. Um, how big a challenge, Vanny, has it been over these last five weeks to be continuously on the road, one of the longest road swings in MLS history, quite frankly? Yeah, it was by the challenge. And uh, <clears throat> to be honest, you don't get how hard the challenge is until, I would say, the last uh, two weeks. Uh, because, of course, at the beginning, it's... Uh, it's really hard and difficult because winning away and having results away in this league is really hard statistically. And uh, but then when the fatigue uh, accumulates and uh, uh, in the last and it's not only uh, seven games, but uh, as you said, it's seven games in very few days. Most of the game were also um, midweek games. Uh, at the end. Uh, it was very hard to prepare the game, to be honest. The last couple of games that were really hard to prepare. Okay, because I did want to ask you about something we were talking about yesterday, and it was uh, LAFC manager Steve Trundolo. After their cup match, <laughs> you know, all these things happened that he could have talked about, but he spent a lot of time talking about how difficult the road has been the last little bit because there's so many competitions and there's so many games, yeah. and MLS scheduling is tough. I don't want to get you in trouble with the league. I don't want to get anybody <laughs> fined. I think it's fair to talk about this after he talked about it. Do you want to see certain things change with MLS scheduling or the amount of games that you guys play? Because this is a pretty, I mean, this stretch is a little unique, the 41 days between games, but it's been a season of crazy scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough to find because the problem I would say this season is that they, we, 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 we put another competition in the league's cap and the league's cap, uh, uh, took off uh, uh, basically five weeks of uh, scheduling of the MLS, and so they had to condense the uh, five more games in uh, in midweek uh, midweek fixture, and uh, and it becomes uh, it can become a little bit taxing uh, for 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 the teams and uh, and for team like us that. Uh, uh, we had also the Champions League at the beginning of the season because we won the, cha- we won the Canadian Cup last year. We had the Canadian Cup again. Uh, so we, uh, when we when we finished uh, the um, the regular season in in three four weeks, 
we were, we've been we've been already playing 46 games, and uh, hopefully we're gonna go to 50 games because we're gonna go to the playoffs. So at the end, and then we have the guys that uh, uh, that go to the national team when they play with the national teams. It's gonna be it's a little bit taxing to be honest. On the other way around, it's uh, how the game is going everywhere. Uh, top team in Europe, they play. Uh, almost 60 games a year mm. because between their national caps, the Champions League or the Europa League and the league. So I, I would say it's hard to find a balance. Vanny, you must have been pretty pleased with the overall record that you guys had out during those seven games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we started magnifically. We ended up, uh, again, a little tired by the end, 11 points in seven games. Uh, uh, our aim was to make uh, more than one point per game in order to have the chance to get in the playoff win the games home. Now we, we finished uh, this big road trip being in sixth place, only one point behind the fourth place. So we have our destiny in our hands. So I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased. So you mentioned how you retired at the end of this road swing. You don't get many days off at home. You got to play tomorrow against <laughs> DC United. So uh, you're looking at the schedule and you play tomorrow and then you play Wednesday and then you play Saturday and then yeah. you have a bit of time off before your, your, your next game in MLS competition. But is fatigue potentially a factor for the next three games as well? Yeah, it is, but it is also a factor for the other team because every team is uh, really playing game after game after game now. And the fact of not traveling and uh, the game away is in Seattle, so it's basically the best travel possible for us. Uh, it's uh, it's going to give us hopefully a little edge uh, on the to, to perform better. The other team is that... Uh, uh, I think I'm going to take it as a lesson for the future. I hope that it's not going to happen again to have seven games in a row away. <laughs> uh, but uh, if it happens, I think that uh, maybe we need to be even heavier on the rotation of players at some point in order to uh, to get the best from everyone uh, for the entire stretch. We're speaking to Whitecaps manager Vanny Sartini here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Caps are back in action at BC Place this Saturday, 7.30 kickoff against DC United and Wayne Rooney as their manager. Uh, Vanny, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned all these games on the road, there's issues with fatigue, and that often can lead to injury. Now, I know Ryan Gold was subbed off in about the 55th minute against Colorado midweek. Can we get a status update on Ryan Gold and his availability for Saturday? Yes, it's uh, it's still uh, I would say 50-50 the possibility for him to be in the game tomorrow. Uh, luckily, all the uh, imaging that we did yesterday, even though he had a very big knock on the foot, uh, he he doesn't have anything uh, serious, anything broken. So it's just a big uh, a big contusion. It's so it's a factor of uh, how painful it's going to be today and tomorrow. So. I think it's a decision that we'll do, we'll do game day and uh, it will be based on the fact that uh, on his pain tolerance and uh, the fact that uh, if we don't, uh, we don't want to risk anything for the, for the next three games. So it's going to be pretty simple. If he's going to tell me, yes, I'm ready to go, he will play. If not, someone else will, uh, will have to step up. Uh, Vanny, thank you very much for doing this this morning. We really appreciate it. Best of luck on Saturday. We'll do this again soon. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Vanny. We appreciate it. Vanny Sartini, Whitecaps manager, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. So it's a busy sports weekend in Vancouver tonight. The BC Lions hosts the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at BC Place. Tomorrow, it's the Whitecaps at BC Place against DC United. And at the same time, at Rogers Arena, the Edmonton Oilers are in town for the the Canucks' first preseason home game of the year. Now Saturday's going to be popping. Yeah, their schedule was like last Saturday with the tennis and cold play at BC Place. Mm. The traffic was absolutely insane last Friday. Hopefully it won't be like that. Uh, today, um, the Canucks had a bit of an odd preseason in that because there was some stuff at Rogers Arena, their first three games were all on the road. So this does present a bit of an interesting challenge for the coaching staff because typically what you want to do in the preseason is you want to err on playing your star players in the home games, mm-hmm. right? Because people show up, they pay money to get into the arena and you know they want to see their team's best players. So we all know what happened in Calgary where none of the Canucks' best players played, and uh, they lost 10 nothing. More of them played against Edmonton, and I think in Edmonton on Wednesday, that was their best performance of the preseason, even though they lost 2-1 in overtime to Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Last night, it was a bit of a challenge. They immediately go down to Seattle to play the Kraken. Yes, they had some fresh legs going in there, but according to Rick Tockett, some of those fresh legs were rusty. And then they also had to play a few guys two games in a row, like Dakota Joshua, who is apparently being played into shape mm-hmm. during the preseason. So I don't, I would imagine, although I don't know this for certain, I would imagine that there might be some roster cuts coming today or tomorrow ahead of these final preseason games, Saturday at home to Edmonton, Wednesday in Abbotsford against Seattle, and then they finish off the preseason Friday at home looking for revenge against the Calgary Flames. Oh, that's going to be a barn burner. Rick Tockett, it probably won't be. It's a preseason. They should go out and they should just fight right away when they play Calgary next time. All the guys that like weren't even playing in that game, and weren't like, gonna, yeah, or guys that aren't gonna make the team anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be like, you have one job tonight, but I don't know how many of the guys that aren't going to make the team are going to play anymore in the preseason because Rick Tockett has suggested that they're basically going to have their lineup mm-hmm. for these next three games. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean they're going to play their lineup? Like they're going to play their NHL lineup, or do they just kind of know it in their heads? We don't know yet. I'm sure there are some decisions that they're still working on, right? And some of this is going to be related to, is Ilya Mikheyev going to be ready for game one mm-hmm. of the regular season? So they're all, like, I can't imagine that they're sold on everything. Like, are they sold on, okay, who are going to be our wingers, our top six wingers, uh, left wingers, Um because you've got the pairs of Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Who's yep. going to play with them? Could be Hoaglander. Yep. Could be Mikheyev if he's healthy. Who's going to play with Miller and Besser? Well, Pod Colson got the chance, but it ain't going to be him. Mm, probably not. It's probably going to be Phil DiGiuseppe. Right. Right? That's probably going to be the guy. Now, you can talk about whether or not that's a problem. I love Phil DiGiuseppe. Not in the top six, though. Right. I think if he's a stopgap guy, you're okay. If he's your full-time guy, mm-hmm. I think there's an issue. Because that, when you know what, if he's your full-time guy, you know what the problem is. 
is you can't afford to lose Phil DiGiuseppe. That's another part of this, right? It's like, well, we're he's not a guy you want to rely on. Because lose he, him to an injury or to waivers? Or either or, or, or going one of those stretches where he's ineffective. Because yeah. that's, look. I reason, think Phil DiGiuseppe has made the team. Yeah, I know. I'd but be the willing reason he, to bet a, a large amount of money on the fact that he's going to start with the team. Like, the reason that these there's tweeners is because there's guys that can do things regularly. And for uh, forwards, it's mostly produced regularly mm-hmm. at the American League level. And then when they go to the NHL, they find it that much more difficult to produce like they were. Yeah. Like, DJ Seppi's probably a, like close to a point-a-game guy in the American League, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. No, he is. Is he? Okay. Yeah, but when you talk about his NHL production, it's not there. Well, he plays it. He plays a different role, right? Sometimes, Although, <laughs> sometimes this year he might not. Yeah, right. This year might need to be. Hey, you need to be a little bit more offensive. Do we do we have do we have concerns about the Canucks depth? Some people were uh, we, chatting about that on the old Twitter yesterday well, I mean, on X. Uh, it's, it's it's. I think the uh, the answer is obvious. Yes, we're there finding are concerns out, about the Canucks depth. If there's a takeaway from this preseason that I would say is being maybe exposed a little bit. And the, what you could argue with is, like I said, the season is going to be defined by your big dogs. Let those big dogs eat. But uh, when you're talking about guys filling in behind and giving you value on your dollar, unexpected contributions, mm-hmm. hasn't been a great camp for projected bottom six guys like Pod Colson, Dakota Joshua. And Dakota Joshua was a yeah. found money last year. That being said, a guy like Stadnik has had a good look at things. And mm-hmm. maybe he will be able to jump up and fill a spot. There is, and Nils Hoaglander's done a good job of going from, hey, you might start the year in Abbotsford, hey, you'll probably be on the NHL team. Yeah. So there's been give and take, but um, I think what Talkett was talking about last night is we have a lot of guys playing tonight in Seattle that should be going above and beyond and making a name for themselves in their quest to make the team. Mm. It, the bubble guy should not be the one where I'm saying, I don't want to say they're out of shape, but they're not keeping up to the speed of the game. Those bubble guys should be the ones that are going above and beyond to make a difference, to make mm-hmm. an impact, and they're not doing it right now, right? And I, when when everybody's healthy, that's where the depth thing comes in. Is our guys pushing one another for jobs, or are guys winning jobs by default? Because not enough of these bubble guys are making an impact. I also think there's two relevant questions about Mikheyev. Well, number one is the obvious one. Is he going to be able to play to start the regular season? But the follow-up question would be, uh, how well is he going to be able to play? Right. There's a balancing act there where you do not want to rush him back. No. You already let him play with injury. Don't let him play himself into another one. Mm-hmm. 100% healthy, and then go. And if that means a couple of weeks, it's fine, but it's also you're kind of scratching your head because you're like, the start is so imperative. You would love to have a guy that's a clear-cut top six forward in the lineup, healthy, ready to go, skating around really fast and killing penalties. Mm-hmm. Like you want all that. Yeah. Rutherford said we need almost everything to go right. What would go right would be a 100% healthy McKayev. And if he's not, you can't rush it. You can't force him back early. And you certainly can't, can't let him make the call because he's more than happy to play hurt. Let's read a few texts into the Dunbar-Lumber text line. Um, this is unsigned. What about Nils Amon between Miller and Besser? Not ideal, but he has been solid and may continue to elevate between better players. I don't think they're ready to put Nils Amon as the 2C. Miller's going to be the 2C. Yeah. Like until until Nils Amon a winger somewhere else. For the record, I really like Nils Amon. He's worked hard. I think he brings something that the Canucks need, He's and that team. is size and like strength. Like top, he, top three fitness guy. He's in shape. He's a guy that's gone uh, uh, above and beyond. 
His his story mostly played out last season where we were like, wow, who is, I, Nils Amon. I've never heard of this guy. And he makes the NHL team. And he plays like not crazy well, but he played he played well. Mm-hmm. I think he's got more to give. I think there's more to Nils Amon than what we've seen. Um, but I don't think he's ready for the top six yet. I think the, the but but I I'm I am a little bit concerned about that second line with Miller and Besser because we don't know what to expect from Besser. Uh, Miller, if he's on, he's perfectly fine or even just a good two C. I think his strength really is on the power play. Um, but but we don't know who those guys are going to play with. This is their second line. Like this should be full of good players. And who's going to be with them? Phil DiGiuseppe? Okay, um, I'm worried about this team scoring. I'm worried I, about I'm worried about how they're going to score. All their focus seems to be on defensive stuff, and that's fine because they need to get better defensively. But are they going to be able to create enough at five on five to score? I I don't really often root or pull for individual stories. I'm kind of cold and dead inside, right? But kind I, of, I will say this. Uh, I am actively like rooting, hoping, pulling for Besser this year because one genuinely good guy, right? And I know that doesn't necessarily matter all the time, but Besser is a genuinely good guy. If you talk to enough people in and yeah, around it, like for sure, good, really good guy has been dealt a lousy hand between injuries and his personal life has obviously affected him in a major way. If he feels like he can turn the page and get back to the guy that could put up. 2560, that would be fantastic. And he wasn't that far off last year. He was 18 and 55. Right now, stats last year, I think, in a lot of different cases for players were maybe padded a tad, right? Because there was a lot of those games where the Canucks were losing 7 5, 6 4, and you're like, this is bad hockey. It's sloppy, but everyone's getting their points. Yeah. But, you know, having Besser with a bounce back, and again, all you're banking on at this point are just hope and vibes there's nothing Mm -hmm. tangible that suggests it's going to happen other than he has been a good player in the nhl in the past can he get back to that in some way shape or form because getting more goals out of him would go a long way in describing what i think you're right is a a depth problem potentially with scoring if you can get him to be a bonafide second line winger that would be fantastic but he's going to need to produce at a higher clip Right when you're playing with Miller, mm-hmm. there's going to be offensive opportunities. It almost yeah. doesn't even matter who your winger is. Like Miller's going to make things happen for you offensively. You have to, you know, finish. And if he gets looks on the power play too, because there's that sort of spot out there that he could be in, but he's got to do it. Like he, there has to be a tangible line from okay, we want and we're, we're rooting for him to him actually being able to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the lack of speed on that line, to be perfectly honest with well, you. I mean, that's, that's why I think if McKay healthy, he makes more sense on that line than with PD and Kuzmenko. But maybe it's like he'd be too fast for the line. Come on, guys, let's go. Right? <laughs> like, Come on, you got to keep up. Ilya, let's go. We're more east-west kind of guys. We like to meander <laughs> a little bit more. You're more of a north-south guy. They could just throw the whole balance off. Anyway, okay, we got a lot more to get to on the show. Moj is going to join us next. Talk a little BC Lions, talk some NFL. Moj also loves to do Ask Us Anything Friday. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
731 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford & Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today we are in Hour 2 of the program. Hour 2 is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. So imagine a big weekend for BC Place, right? Uh, tonight, Lions, Rough Riders. Among the celebrities in attendance tonight, Jason Bruff, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll be uh, sitting in a cordoned off seat. <laughs> it's more of a throne. He'll be wearing a crown. There will yeah. be a scepter. Security all around him. Yeah. 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 I heard Moach like, is going to be there. You should talk to him. It'll be like, you know, whenever you, remember when Drake came to Vancouver and everywhere that he went, he had like a 25-person security entourage yeah, behind him? Yeah, like that. That's like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's tonight. Tomorrow, downtown's going to be pretty popping because you got the, C, the Canucks game and the Whitecaps game. I will also be at the Canucks game. I'll be at the Whitecaps game. Oh, okay. We got we got we got all the events covered, and then on Monday we'll be like, I was too drunk to notice anything. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> Nathan Banstone of the Whitecaps says it's going to be one of the biggest crowds of the season this year for the Whitecaps on Saturday. Not only because they haven't played a home match in 41 days, but Wayne Rooney. Now I know he's a manager; you don't get to see him play. But Wayne Rooney's coming to town. I don't. Th- it's funny that he just kind of exists as a manager mm-hmm. in MLS because in England. He is still talked about yeah. in like hushed tones, like mm-hmm. the the legend and the iconic status of what Rain, Wayne Rooney did during his playing career. Yeah, well, you got to remember he's in back hair monthly all the time too. There's that he's, I mean, he didn't age like super gracefully. <laughs> you got to understand though, part of the 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 legend of Wayne Rooney is when he burst into the, on the scene when he was like 16. He was awesome. He had man strength. Yeah, yeah. he was like a, he was a cannonball. You I couldn't told, deal with him. I told you about when I met him once in Vegas, right? It was for the uh, what was the, the oh, Ricky, Hatton. Ricky Hatton was fighting down. Did you there. get him to sign the back hair monthly? No, yeah, was, I was like, I've got this back hair monthly uh, <laughs> that I like. It. I, as, as I understand it, Wayne Rooney in Vegas was barely up. Like he was wobbly yeah, the entire time. He, yeah, he was he was walking around with a bunch of drunk manx. Uh, Singing Blue Moon. Manchester. That's what they do. Uh, yeah, oh. and they were like, one of the guys in his crew was like, is that guy th- throwing up in that garbage can over there? He's like, yeah. yeah. And in that <laughs> garbage can over there now. We're English guys in Vegas. That's what we do. Uh, let's go to the phone line, shall we? Moj joins us now. Bob the Moj Marjanovic here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Moj? Interesting you guys are talking a little footy. Just uh, made some moves on my fantasy team in the premiership. Sven Botman. Picked him up. You know who he is? Yeah, he plays Ruff? He plays for Newcastle. Yeah, there you go. Picked him up. Newcastle has a good run coming up, so they're going to be very productive in the next few weeks, and they're very good defensively from what I hear. Newcastle, well, they just beat Man City 1-0 in the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Moj is like, I guess I said this last I know. week. He's our Pep Guardiola. Right. He really is. Hey, um, so let me get this straight. Yes. Ruff is going to the Lions game tonight? Correct. Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm excited for it. You're going to see a shift in the Vegas odds in about 15 oh, minutes. I know. It's bad luck, isn't it? We all remember right? the Hamilton game, Moach. Oh, we all remember what he did there. The Bruff Jinx yeah. is on the road tonight. Um, so I've been talking up not this game, but next week's game against the Blue Bombers. And I suppose now that the Bombers and the Lions are both tied, that that game next week is for sure going to matter. But it would certainly help the the Lions if they could beat the Rough Riders. I can't get a handle on the Rough Riders. Are they a good team or a bad team? Because it, it seems to depend on on a weekly basis. 
Yeah, well, I think that goes true for a lot of teams in the league this year. I mean, you know, teams are going through cold stretches, hot stretches. I, I like the Rough Riders. I think they're a good team, but um, they've had some injuries, particularly to their defensive front. I mean, we all know about losing quarterback Trevor Harris, but they've lost some guys in their, in their interior, namely Anthony Lanier and Miles Brown, and as a result, teams have been able to run on them the last few weeks. So, um, I think, you know, looking at their lineup and considering some of the injuries that they have, as I just mentioned, I think the Lions are in good shape here to establish their running game and hopefully put some points on the board. Dominic Grimes will be back. What will that mean for the Lions? Well, it's huge. I mean, here's a guy who has five touchdown receptions, and he's only one off. I think the, the fifth leading receiver in the league has six, and he's barely played this year. Um, he's just such a, a huge target. And, you know, the, the one thing I think that Vernon Adams loves about him is his size. I mean, you see some size with McKinnis as well and Katoy, but Rhymes just has that ability, you know, much like Brian Burnham back in the day, if it's a jump ball, you feel pretty confident that, you know, 90% of the time, Dom Rhymes is going to come down with it. So, um, just a great addition to the offense and hopefully, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. can take advantage of it. So Vernon Adams brings a lot of positives to the Lions. He has 25 touchdown passes in 14 games. He's also got 16 interceptions. Why all the mistakes from Vernon Adams? And is this a worry heading into games against the likes of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and then having expectations once the playoffs arrive? In a way, yes, but I think you have to take the good with the bad. And one of the things that Rick Campbell's always talked about is that the one thing he loves about Vernon as a quarterback is that if he throws a pick, he doesn't really shy away from making that tough throw. A lot of quarterbacks will kind of gear down, maybe lose a little confidence and kind of not want to make that tough throw. That's not the case with Vernon. And I think that's why you see, I mean, the Toronto game is the perfect example (laughs) <laughs> you know, six picks. I think was it six turnovers that game? Yeah, but, that was crazy. You know, the, yeah, six it, picks. but I mean, in that game, that that, that one was one where you're kind of like, actually, start shying away, Vernon. Yeah, it, but you know, that's just the, the mentality that he has. It's almost kind of like that old Brett Favre mentality, the gunslinger, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's the good with the bad. We've seen Vernon Adams be pretty good for the most part of the year, and there there've been stretches where you know he's run into a little little trouble, but I think all that is, is just, you know, kind of, as he says, just going through his reads and not trying to get too aggressive. And it's a fine line, right? I mean, you want your quarterback to be aggressive and to have confidence and to make those tough throws in those tough windows. Yet at the same time, there are times that, well, you shouldn't be writing those checks because right now you can't cash them. So Farhan reported that the BC Lions have added Colin Kaepernick to their negotiation list. What do you know about this? Not much. I haven't talked to anybody from the organization um, about it. I'll probably do that tonight at the game. But I think it's just, you know, one of those situations where if Colin Kaepernick is, you know, and we saw the letter to the New York Jets. Clearly, he still wants to Mm -hmm. play football. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it. I mean, those neglects sometimes to me are just, they're kind of silly. I mean, some some of the names that are being that have been put on necklaces over the years, you know, they're never going to come here. Um, what interest Kaepernick has in Canada, I do not know. But you're talking about a guy that hasn't played football for years, so it's it's interesting. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, so we talked a lot about the BC Lions' offense. What are you seeing from the defense? 
Defense has played much better. I mean, even though the numbers, like when you're looking at the Winnipeg, pardon me, the Edmonton game, um, you're looking at, you know, the numbers that were scored by the Elks. It wasn't like they went out and pitched another shutout against them. But the, the one thing that I love about the defense, the way, to play, the way they played against Edmonton is they completely shut down Kevin Brown in that running game. I mean, he'd ran for over 300 yards in the previous two games. The Lions held them to 18 yards on six carries. Trey Ford. Um, they were the first team to make Trey Ford look ordinary, and they did that by being extremely disciplined in terms of their assignments on defense, and I think if they continue to do that, they're going to be in really good shape. This defense actually right now kind of reminds me, and Julio and I talked about this during the broadcast, kind of reminds us of the level that they were playing at you know, at the start of the year, the yeah. first three or four games, yeah. and we're starting to see that again with this defense. And They're flying around with the ball. They're playing with a lot of aggressiveness, and I think it bodes well. So I understand you want to weigh in on the Roberto Luongo retired number debate. So take Man, the floor I, I and, and go. A lot of it. Yeah, I, I heard you guys talking about it the other day, and everyone's weighing in on it on social media. Here's, here's my question to you. What is the biggest attribute or the biggest trait you have as a fan of a team? Oh, God, you're going to make me say loyalty? Thank you. <laughs> Bang on. For once, you actually come up with an intelligent answer, Brett. Nailed Did Alfred kind of like write something on a piece of paper and slide it over to you or what? No, I just know where this is going. I thought You're you so were... predictable, Moach. I thought the answer was disposable <laughs> income. But, you know, and loyalty's important, too. Low beer prices. No, but to me, it's loyalty, right? I mean, as a fan, that's the biggest thing. So if you're going to bestow the biggest honor you can upon a player... Wouldn't loyalty be like one of the criterias? I mean, those players have to bleed your colors. They have to be identified as a player of your team. Mm. I'm sorry, but even with Pavel Burry, I'm not I'm not a fan of his jersey being retired. Same thing with Luongo. Great players, no question. But one of my criteria, and my criteria is going to be a lot different than some people out there, but loyalty to the organization is a big one. And if you ask for a trade, I don't know how you can retire that player's jersey. I just don't. Yeah. No, I don't get it. I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't call the Wongo disloyal. I thought I think it got to such a bad place in Vancouver that there were there many people at the time blaming him for asking out at that time. Well, if you're looking with the Tortorella thing and the Winter Classic, probably not the contract. Just all everything, everything yeah. before then, you know. And and the and the Canucks were trying to trade him, right? So. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Like I, I would call, I would sooner call Pavel Bure disloyal than Roberto Luongo, because I think Luongo during his time in Vancouver really was like a true Canuck, and he really, really wanted to win for not only himself but the team and the city. I'm not going to argue those points. But to me, again, it goes back to that loyalty aspect. Is he, do you identify him as a Canuck? A lot of people identify him as a Panther, right? So, and I know that there's people out there that couldn't really care about that, but I think everybody has their own set of criteria. And if it's up to me and my criteria, it's a ring of honor. That, that's it. I mean, sorry, I'm not going to go out there and retire his jersey. Oh. Um, but. It's it's interesting though, and it's a great debate. And yeah, unfortunately, there's no real right answer because of the fact that you know we don't know what the criteria is for the Vancouver Canucks. We've never seen any sort of you know written criteria. It's interesting. I went online and kind of did a little surfing. There's actually a lot of universities in the states that actually have a written criteria for Jersey retirements. I, I don't think that's a good way to go though, because I think sometimes you just it just has to come down to feel. 
That's yeah. what I feel in the Hall of Fame debates. Like I hate the like people that just purely do it on statistical stuff. And I'm not saying those. Of, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, have you ever heard of Yvonne Labray? No. Thank you. Guy played just over 300 games in the NHL, the vast majority with the Washington Capitals. Um, hard-nosed, blue liner, late 70s with Washington. His jersey's retired by the Capitals. Number seven. And they retired it because of what he meant to the team more so mm-hmm. off the ice as well as on the ice. So. Right. You know, again, I mean, you look at a guy like Yvonne LeBray, you're going, what? But in that instance, I'd probably say like 70% of that, you know, that retirement was probably based on what he did away from the rink and in terms of being, you know, in the community in Washington and starting up community programs and youth hockey programs. But, you know, there's a, a, a great example of an organization honoring somebody, not based on stats, but what they did off the ice. And then to me, that's almost too much of an extreme. Well, Moj, you're in our ring of honor. We're, we're not going to retire your jersey, though. You're just, you know, lack of loyalty at the end of the day, I would say. Yeah, true. Moj, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I will try hey, not to bring my bad whoa. luck to BC. I've got an Ask Us Anything. Oh, you've got an Ask Us Anything? Okay. Someone sent one in. It's a specific Ask Moj Anything. Oh, is it about food? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, the wa- Keith the Water Guy wants to know, do you prefer andouille or chorizo sausage in your jambalaya? You know, it's funny. I'm making jambalaya Sunday. Uh, that's not surprising in the Sunday. slightest. I'll tell you much. one thing. I love andouille. The only problem is it's really tough trying to find andouille sausage. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. If yep. I had the preference, I'd probably go andouille because it has less kick than jambalaya. Uh, or pardon me, than chorizo mm-hmm. in jambalaya. But like I said, to me, it's. I think the only place I've seen andouille locally has been Savon. But um, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong either way. But andouille, if I had to pick one, it'd be andouille. I'm not going to be the pronunciation guy, but I'm pretty sure it's Andouille, but that's fine. Um, well, you just were. Yeah, I know. That's what That was the gag. Uh, also, what is one spice you must have and put in every dish? I have an answer to this one. Salt. <laughs> Good old, there's old risk-taking Jason Bruff, the, the palatable wow. Frenchman. Salt, <laughs> salt is kind of weak. Um, I'll tell you one spice that I've kind of been really turned on, uh, turned on to like the last year or so, mm-hmm. paprika. It's got that kick. Now, my answer, my answer, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, try this. Like, this is more of a a Serbian thing that I know back from the day. Okay. Um, Next time you have a hamburger, just throw a little paprika on it. Don't put anything else. Just a little paprika. So See what it tastes like and tell me, come back and let me know. Don't put any of Jason Bruff's favorite, salt. I put bacon and cheese on it. Um, Oh, by the way, the answer to this, uh, it's not necessarily a spice, but it's in the the conversation, Mm -hmm. and I put it on everything now, is uh, everything bagel. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I put it on everything. doesn't help your breath, though. Or your sodium intake, but it's really, really good and really, really tasty. Anyway, Mo, this has been good. Thanks for doing this, bud. We appreciate it. Okay, fellas, have a great day. See you later. Uh, Bob the Moj Marjanovic. You guys will reconnect later tonight at the Lions game. Mm -hmm. Moj will be on the call. You will be drinking beer as the Lions take on the Rough Riders. I'll throw my empty cups up at the press box. Don't do that, please. Um, So, yeah, so we've got all the games covered this weekend. I'm going to the Lions tonight, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to the Canucks tomorrow, and you're going to the Whitecaps. Tomorrow. I'll be at the Whitecaps, yeah. Um, we've got everything covered. Not, we're not, none of us are going to go to New York on Monday Night Football to see the Seahawks. No. That would have been the run, run the gamut. Where are and the I'm not gonna be, I'm not going to be able to make it to Italy for the Ryder Cup. That's a stretch. That's I'm going to really be a local team. in Langley on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Thank Do tell. The Giants are in town. Who are they playing? The Wenatchee Wild. Oh! The, the coachless the Wenatchee Wild. The Wenatchee Wild. you got to take advantage when they don't have a coach.
They probably put someone else in place. But so, I don't but, think they did. I think it's just an empty bench. <laughs> They're just going to roll the lines. What's going on with that? That's Kevin Constantine, right? We don't know the full details yet, mm. but it, he's had issues in the past. He's been suspended before. He's a coach that drives a hard line and right. seems to have crossed it once again. The Huskies, by the way, are in, are in, at Arizona. Uh, did you see Penix throughout the... Uh, Penix. 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 Yeah. Right. Penix throughout the, uh, the opening pitch of the Mariners game. Mm-hmm. I think it was last night or the night before. Yeah. But not surprisingly, he threw a dart. He threw a strike. Was it better than That's Stephen good. A's, Smith? I don't, you know what? He, I, he just bounced it. I'm, I'm he actually. He didn't spike it. He just bounced it. I'm, yeah. I'm more difference. likely to search out an awesome first pitch than a terrible first pitch. I feel like the terrible first pitch has become more commonplace. Like they show it all the time. But the reason they show it all the time is because so many people have awful first People pitches. do it on purpose too, probably to get on TV. Mm-hmm. It's harder to throw a mm-hmm. 90 mile an hour strike in there. Let's see that, Mark. Like if you ever see, because we were speaking about Colin Kaepernick there, like when Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson had their throw off, do you remember that? Kaepernick threw. I don't remember that. Ka- Kaepernick. That? I don't think they obviously saw each other do an opening pitch. So Kaepernick threw one out. I, I guess it was the San Francisco Giants. Oh, okay. And he was a high, he was a pitcher in college. Mm-hmm. I think he was a great high school. He pitcher. was going to get drafted. I mean. He was a dual sport guy yeah. in Nevada, I think. And he threw a bullet. What, was Russ an infielder? He was a shortstop. I believe so. Yes. He kind of throws the football like a infielder would. Yeah, and his his old man was a high level baseball player. I don't know if he was in the majors like Mahomes' dad or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Um, Russ went out and threw out an opening pitch for the Mariners and threw an absolute bullet. And it was like they're seeing – because they, they had a heated divisional rivalry at that point, right? It was 49ers and Seahawks and everything mm-hmm. was beef and everything was a rival. I remember that being – Poor a, guy catching it. was like, oh, my God. Yeah, geez, my hand. harder than our <laughs> – Jamie Moyer's starting tonight. He didn't throw this hard. Uh, text in to the Dunbar Lumber text line. Every time Moj is on, it's so awkwardly amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like Moj is like asleep on his couch when he gets the call. I kind of did a little surfing. That was my yeah, favorite yeah, part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you say online surfing? Yeah. He kept on cutting in and out like he was like. Mo just searching it up on Lycos right now. <laughs> uh, what do we think about his take on Roberto Luongo being disloyal? You I mean, hate this look, conversation. I I, and I, that's I, why I'm bringing it up. I just want to see Halford just like squirm his way out of this conversation. Okay. I have on occasion skewered. Uh, Ryan Kessler for getting out when the going got tough. When the going got tough, Kessler got out, and I've long held that over his head. That I, seemed different, right? It it is different. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in a rare moment of Moj clarity, he does bring up a good point. If you asked out, you asked out. It doesn't matter what way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Like I love Pavel Bure. The only piece of Canucks paraphernalia I've ever owned is a Pavel Bure jersey. Right. Right? That's You're not it. a big paraphernalia guy. Don't love the paraphernalia. Couldn't even go to full the, jersey. Yeah. Jersey. I've never, well, to be perfectly honest, I've never loved Canucks gear aesthetically. So that's part mm. of it, right? Especially the West Coast Express era. I'm like, is that maroon? Your why style is, is such oh a high bar. Why is there, so bad. Why is there like so, the skate jersey? Why is there so much maroon? Uh, yeah, oh, but on. more. It's awesome. Here's the thing. I like it more as a nostalgia thing than this actually is, aesthetically. This is another Canucks debate that Halford hates that he's somehow wandered into uniform talk. It's not well, even a debate. The colors, they reflect the nighttime in Vancouver. The skate should be their regular. <laughs> it's according to should be their mains. The sure. skate should be their mains. Okay. Start it. I think they should start again. But it's got to start again. Just they have too many times. That's, that's half the problem. They have like 9,000 right. logos. Tank, tank for a better jersey. Yeah. <laughs> just and while maybe you at, get one in a first overall pick. Even stick and rink is the main I'd be fine with. Like I like them both more than the Orca. I don't mm-hmm. hate the Orca. The Orca's fine. But I, I mean, I would skate jersey for sure. Is still owned by Orca Bay? Yeah. I think they could redesign the Orca. 
They could and still sure. make it look cool. Totally. Yeah. They're they've gone too far. Jason's right. The only way to fix this is to just tear it down and start all over again because there's way too many jerseys. There there's are way a lot. too many colors. There's way too many logos. They're like, how long has the team been around? Three hundred years? No, fifty. The Canucks mm-hmm. are up there in the like they have near the top most in the league jerseys and logos. It's hilarious. If you and, and they're just the so different too. Yeah. Like it, completely different color mm-hmm. schemes. Like that Halford mentions that uh that West Coast Expresser, like, and it's funny how, like, uh, it's funny how style changes because when the Canucks wore those skate jerseys, none of us thought they were cool. No, that's they true. were like these jerseys are embarrassing. But now, in kind of the retro era, mm. where everyone looks back on the old stuff and they're like, "Wow, those were awesome!" Right? Mm. No, no one in Buffalo was like these Sabres jerseys are amazing. Never change them. Why do you think they changed them? Yeah. Right? Like the old Islanders jerseys, they went through a bunch of different ones after that. Honestly, I like the color scheme even more than the skate itself. Like even the, I just find it looks far more imposing than their existing colors. But even that, that maroon one that they had, which was like the maroon one with the, yeah. the, the skate mm-hmm. on I it. was not a But also like, but I remember when that came out, people were like, this is cool. Cause it was different. Yeah. Right. And the ones, the ones, I think the ones that like the West Coast Express era war were just like that blue is just awful. If you like it is put it, it is way. terrible. But when they came out, mm-hmm. people were like, this is better. So put it this way. Uh, one of the things that is bothersome is like if you were to talk about any team with history and lineage and you were to what's the color of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Blue. 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 What's the color of the Detroit Red Wings? Yeah. Red. Red. Right? Because it's in the name. <laughs> if someone was to ask you, what's the color of the Vancouver Canucks? Rainbow. Kaleidoscope. <laughs> Is that even I'd a color? Blue, what's the color of the Canucks? You'd say, All of them. You see, but that's how you answer it. I'd say blue mostly. Well, most not, alternate jerseys are going to be a different color. You can't really include that in the team's color scheme. Right. They're but, not a black and red also, and yellow but team But you anymore. also don't have to try every color. Yeah, that's true. Right? They've dabbled. Like, I'm I would, surprised I would, there hasn't been a teal jersey at some point along the way. I would really like them to stick with blue and green because I think fine. that represents our geography perfectly well. And but see now, a dogs like, but they have to go with the skate, which is mm. you couldn't. I get don't fur- think they have to go with the skate, but you couldn't get further away from blue and green than black, red, yellow. Like they're told they don't match. You can't. Well, you can't mix and match. And the if gear. the Canucks switch out from that color scheme, Seattle's gonna go. What the heck? Yeah, we, we were gonna true. take that, and you, we didn't because you have it already. So I mean I don't know. Now we're down the road. Two roads I didn't want to go down. Anyway, I don't. I I feel bad that this Luongo thing is happening in September, and then we get to relitigate it in December. Oh God, we are. Yeah. You know, and it's going to come up to the date, and people are going to, you know, the whole thing. I don't know. The jokes though, they're going to be off mm-hmm. the charts. It's not fair to him, and it's not fair to <laughs> the Ring of Honor. <laughs> the Ring of Honor has been besmirched. It has. It's like, you know, it's the secondary level of acknowledgement. Yeah, he's right? like, God, I'm in here with these losers like Oland. And- yeah. Is that a medal of honor? No, it's just a medal of valor. <laughs> right? It's, it's so Canucks. I love, I, I, you know. What's less than a purple heart? God bless this team. God bless this team for making what should be a celebration of one of the most popular players to ever come through Vancouver, making it controversial. Right? It's just. Go Canucks, go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Dollywell is going to join us next. Uh, we'll talk about the Spencer Martin situation, uh, what he's hearing on that. Spencer Martin was put on waivers yesterday. Will he get picked up? Uh, if he does, the Canucks will be happy with that. But what if he doesn't? What's the plan for Spencer Martin then? Uh, and we'll just have our regular 
wacky conversation with Rick Dollywell. You never know what you're going to get with Rick Dollywell. Coming up next on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.